Hello, hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Jin Mama podcast, where we talk about all things pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, tips and tricks, and more from a Senegalese-American perspective. I'm your host, Aisitu Gise, and today I have a very special guest for you guys. Her name is Hawa. She's a mom of four, and she has so much to share with us. So without further ado, Hawa, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, Aisitu. So my name is Hawa. I am in my 30s. Um... I have four kids, so I moved to the U.S. Um, in 2012. I was pregnant, seven, eight months pregnant with my first child. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, how was that experience like? I know we, we have questions to get through, but just as soon yeah. as you said that, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> crazy was the word. Okay. Because um, moving to a country um, that you don't know is, that's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting because um, when you don't know the ups and downs, um, how it works. Yeah. Sometimes it can be frustrating. Mm. Did you move here with family or? Nope. Um, just came with my husband. My yeah. husband lived here at the okay. time. Yes. Yeah, so okay. I left France for the U.S. Very different countries. Different. I'm telling you, different <laughs> countries. <laughs> it's like black and white. Yes, yes. I've been to France once mm -hmm. um, for like a four-month project, and it was interesting. I love the food, oh, which yes. I know some people hate the food, but I like the food. Um, but I do not like the French people. I'm sorry. I think that <laughs> it was just, ah, you know, they're not the most friendly. Let me say that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, oh, yes. I, am, I mean, French people are always like, they're always complaining. Yeah. Like there's no grateful, they're not grateful or anything, but there was always complaining. Mm -hmm. And my first, my first experience when I went back to France, like seven months after I gave birth, mm -hmm. I had my stroller and you know, it's common to use uh, trans transportations of it. Yes. Um, trains, trains and stuff. And you know, there will be um, stairs and people like wouldn't literally help me with, with the stroller. I would mm -hmm. struggle. Oh my goodness. Like, Man. These Americans are so nice compared to, to the French. Uh, that, that is something. That's something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're trying to mind their business and it's gone to the extreme or what it is, but definitely a very interesting set of people. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. It is. And it's yeah. when you leave the country that mm -hmm. you realize that. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. There's something. That's something. Not, something's off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, yep. It's off. Oh, well, thanks for that intro and telling us a little bit about yourself. I'm sure we'll get to know more about you throughout the interview. Um, but for now, what we're going to do is play my infamous Would You Rather game. So I'm going to ask you two scenarios and um, you give me which one you would rather do. And they are related to having kids. Okay. Awesome. So the first one is, would you rather wrestle with your baby to give them food or try to get them into their car seat? Food. <laughs> I'm going to rescue the car seat. No, thanks. They hate the car seat. <laughs> no, thanks. Would you rather try to get them into that car seat again or give them a bath? Give them a bath. Okay. For my baby, I'd rather try to get her into the car seat. The bath thing, <laughs> we're, we don't get along when we take a bath. <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah, she hates it. Oh, my goodness. She literally will cry and, like, she'll 
stiffen her back. So you're trying to make sure she's safe and she doesn't care. She just wants to get out of the water. I don't know what is what's going on. Wow. It will change. My third one was the same. Okay. But he turned um, one, one mm -hmm. and a half. Um, he would go and ask for a bath. Literally. That's what I'm hoping for. I try mm -hmm. to make the water comfortable. I use like um, these nice scents around me so she try like, so she can be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And she just does not yet. Maybe when we get to the one and a half, two year mark, she'll end up liking baths. <laughs> she will. She will. Yeah. Would you rather watch kids cartoons all day or spend all day at the park with your kids? Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're gonna watch a cartoon. Cartoon? <laughs> yes. Do your kids I'm, have a particular cartoon that they like? Yes, my daughter. Um, actually, she loves Baby Shark, and oh. it's getting my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of parents share that sentiment. <laughs> oh no! I think it was fun and stuff, but it's annoying. It's getting annoying, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. With Coco Melon and stuff. Oh, it's mm -hmm. annoying. There are some African cartoons um, that my daughter has discovered because she mm -hmm. likes to click on the remote and just go everywhere. And those are actually pretty cute. And there's a couple oh. that I like myself. So sometimes I find myself playing it even if she's not <laughs> watching TV. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll share them with you. Okay, sure. Would you rather deal with a diaper blowout or try to get your baby to go to sleep? <laughs> the blowout. The blowout. <laughs> because going to sleep is... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It can be awful sometimes. My daughter, both of these, I'd rather do neither, neither of them. Because <laughs> she doesn't... She's hard to get to go to sleep. But then the diaper blowout, the reason I don't like it is because it turns into laundry. It turns into all these other things. So, honestly, they're both pretty horrible options. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to deal with the blowout. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> and then finally, would you rather have surprise triplets or a surprise baby at age 50? Age 50? Yes. Mm -mm, no, thanks. <laughs> so you'll no. take the triplets? <laughs> yes, I'm going to take the triplets. Awesome. Well, thank you for indulging me in that game. Um, we can now move on to the interview questions. So I know you gave us a little bit in your intro around moving from France. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that initial experience of being here, having your first child in the U.S. away from family, even though you were with your husband? How was that like for you? Because I know a lot of my listeners are first time moms who are in the U.S. or are in a foreign country by themselves away from family. Um, so when I came here, um, we were in the state of Rhode Island. So okay. I had no family whatsoever and my husband worked. Mm. So I used to stay home by myself and you know, states like Rhode Island, like sometimes they don't have um, sidewalks. Mm. And in Europe, I was used to walk to uh, sidewalks. Like I could, okay. I could go outside and, you know, walk, walk just like in Atlanta, you know, sometimes some areas yeah. doesn't have sidewalks, right? Yes. The first week, I was trying to recover from the flight because it was exhausting. Mm -hmm. So after settling down, um, we tried to go to the first appointments. So 
I spoke a tiny bit like of English, not not a lot. Okay. So it was like a struggle. Um, there is a barrier of communication with me and the mm-hmm. doctor. So thank God they had um, a translator on play, um, on site. Okay. And we tried to communicate back and forth. Like she, the doctor was very nice. She tried to explain things like how it would work. Okay. But um, it was frustrating because I didn't know the system. Everything mm-hmm. like was new. I used to come back and forth, but I don't know like how the health system worked here. Yeah. And uh, I knew that when I would deliver, I would be alone, no family member. Yeah, that's tough. That's mm. definitely, um, I'm getting chills as I'm listening to you talk because I think even for someone who is familiar with the system, like me, I came to the U.S. at age eight. So I grew up here. And even me, you know, going through the system for the first time was very nerve wracking. I didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know how, what to expect when it was time to deliver. You know, you always see it in movies where people kind of go into spontaneous labor and they're like, it's time to go to the hospital. But in reality, that's not how it always works. So I, I definitely uh, empathize with you on the point of, that barrier. I think the barrier exists even if there's there is no language barrier because the medical language is different than the English it language. Is. And then when you layer on top of that, you know, the French versus English, I can I can definitely imagine how nerve wracking that would be. So I mean, I commend you for going through that experience. And you know, at the time, um, there weren't like support groups like there are nowadays. Mm-hmm. So. There was internet. You would Google here and there, but you know, sometimes Google, you would Google and then it's gonna like frighten you, you know? So sometimes it's best not to go and look for some Mm -hmm. answers. So, and um, as a West African background, um, you know, there's a taboo subject. So my mom um, didn't talk to me like about how it would happen, like Mm. what I need to do. Yeah. You know, there's like a taboo subject, like some stuff that they don't talk about. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I wish she would have told me about. I agree with that completely. Um, I think we spend so much time in our culture talking about how you should be strong and how you you got this just because you're a woman. Exactly. And while that is very empowering, it's also not the most helpful at times when you just need to know specific answers. Like this thing that I'm feeling, what does that mean? Or, you know, our moms, they've they've had multiple kids, most of Mm -hmm. us. And so you would think that that knowledge, that anecdotal experience that they have, they'll share with us freely. But there's also a barrier there too with the taboo that you mentioned. I don't know, for some reason, we, we don't openly discuss these things in our community. But when you're going through it, that's really what you need is that community of people who either have been there or can at least just be like, hey, I'm here for you. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The empowerment thing for me was big. My mom, I remember when I was pregnant and she basically the message throughout the whole time was that I needed to show how strong I was. I needed to not, you know, appear weak in front of my husband in the delivery Uh, room. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's a big one because, like you said, um, women are supposed, especially like West African women, like we have to show how strong we are. Mm-hmm. We are not, we are not allowed to show how vulnerable we are. 
No. And you know, and we need this support because we were, yeah. at the end of the day, we are all human beings. Yes. It's like, you know, they're going to um, say to your husband, oh, don't cry, don't cry. But you need to let your emotions out mm-hmm. in order like to start over. You need to yeah. let your emotions out. You need to talk mm-hmm. to someone. I completely agree with that 100%, especially on the on the male side. Maybe I'll get uh, a guest to come in and talk about that. But I think it's like you mentioned, it's a very normal and human emotion to show crying and vulnerability. Um, but definitely during pregnancy, it's a very vulnerable time. You don't it know is. if you're going to make it or not. It's a very dangerous journey. So I think we have to just put more warmth around it and more understanding and not shame people for, for going through certain things. I think with um, the generations that are coming up, mm-hmm. we are going to do, our mom did the best that they could because they were raised the same way, but we mm-hmm. are going to do the work. Yes. We are going to help our daughters and it's going to change. It's not going to change overnight, but you know, step by step. I agree. I agree. It's, it's a generational change. Mm. Now I have a question for you around something that, I know when I was pregnant, I was like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. And I ended up getting it. Um, the epidural. <laughs> I was so, I don't know why I was so bent on not getting it. Um, I think it, it speaks, it's a little bit related to what we just talked about, that having to be strong. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that. <laughs> so um, a little backstory. Um I used to live, um, I was born and raised in France. So I lived in Guinea, West Africa for four years. So during um, these four years, I was, um, how do you say The excision? Oh, um, are are we talking the female excision? Yes. Yes. The female populations. Oh, okay. Um, So I had the experience Mm. and, uh, it left like a mark on my brain. Mm. So the pain, I don't like how to describe the pain. Mm. Alhamdulillah, you know, everything like, I'm feeling better now. But um, when I was pregnant with my first, the first thing that I had in my mind is, I'm taking the epidural. I'm not gonna go through that pain again. I'm sorry. Oh, no. It's fine. You okay? Yeah. That, it, it just took me back because um, I I haven't gone through it. I've never been through it. Um, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a topic that I'm passionate about. In, in university, um, I wrote a 16-page thesis on it. <laughs> Wow, and um, it's one of the reasons that kind of launched me on this path of female empowerment. Um, in African society, when you talk about feminism, people think that you just are talking about economic feminism, and sometimes all it's about is just being seen as a human being, um, someone with rights, and so. Mm-hmm. I won't derail um, the conversation, but I just got emotional thinking about that because um, it's already hard to go through parenthood, to go through pregnancy and to have to think in the back of your mind, I don't want to experience this pain again. So let me, I never thought about epidural being something 
like on the same lines as that, you know? Mm-hmm. We always talk about it as just, oh, I just want the experience to be easier, easier, easier. But for some, it's not even about that experience being easier. It's about trying to not re-trigger trauma. Exactly. So, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just going to wipe oh. my... So, um, you were... The, you decided to... You wanted the epidural so you wouldn't have to re-experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, with the language barrier, were your doctors able to explain the, the process to you even whether it was through office visits or in the moment or did you feel like that also was a challenge to go through because the epidural can be an intricate process they explain it to me um via um the office visits okay. so it was this section was all good like they were like very comprehensive um they mm-hmm. knew that we wouldn't be able to communicate um well Mm-hmm. as um because of the language barrier okay. but because um the translator was here it mm-hmm. made it easier for me and for them too okay now <laughs> i have a, a question on that um i know the giving birth experience can be so intimate how mm-hmm. was that having a translator around the entire time i loved it oh good good I, yes i loved it good sometimes it can be a pain in it mm-hmm but um at the end i liked it because i was able to tell um how i feel mm-hmm. and you know they would give me like something to feel better okay that's good if there was no no um translator like yeah i don't know i don't know how it would have been yeah absolutely at that point like that was more important than anything else is you have mm-hmm. to get through the experience it was not like um, I'm gonna take my phone and you know Google Translate and everything. The, the data was limited at the time too. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> I want to shift gears a little bit now and talk about nurtured roots. So I want to give you an opportunity to tell my listeners about what that is and how they can plug in. So the nurtured roots, it's um, a brand that I created um, last year. I haven't officially launched yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's designed to help moms, especially, especially new moms, to accompany mm-hmm. them through the postpartum period. So what I experienced, like coming in this country, um, finding myself all alone um, in a country that I don't know, that's mm-hmm. that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to offer um, moms support, um, a community, and offer them um, holistic care. Mm-hmm. And by holistic cares, um, in all means, mm-hmm. um, I also have um, planned some African traditions, herbal teas. So I want to help them connect with um, African heritage because mm-hmm. our heritage is super rich. Mm-hmm. But sometimes um, we don't know or our parents don't know or sometimes it's our grandmothers who have all these remedies that mm-hmm. are good, by the way, for us. Yes. Because... Sometimes when I look at medicine, it can have like some um, side effects, Mm -hmm. just like, you know, the epidural side notes. uh, We didn't talk about, we didn't talk about on the back, uh, the backache. Oh my goodness. It's so bad. (laughs) And is it lifelong? Because I thought it was going to be painful for a little bit and then I'll be good. But this thing, my back hurts every day now. 
<laughs> right now I'm fine, but a couple hours ago, like my lower back was aching. Yeah. And side note, um, I don't know if it's because because last year around March I stopped mm-hmm. taking um any kind of contraceptions. Okay. So I'm now taking my temperature. So ever since then, I'm feeling like I'm getting my body back, mm. and I'm feeling like all the pains now. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure there are so many side effects that we aren't even aware of when it comes mm-hmm. to all these things we put in our bodies. And as women, it seems like uh, as soon as you get to that point of having kids, to the point that you hit menopause, that period of your life, you're just ingesting a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And even when like sometimes I can be dealing with a headache and I would I won't take Tylenol. Mm. And a few weeks ago, I think there was a note about the Tylenol, which is not good for pregnant women, yes. which is kind of like, hmm. Yeah. You know, you're going to go there. They're, they're going to recommend, oh, you got pain, take Tylenol. It's safer yep. for you. Yeah. They tell you like it's better than ibuprofen, but now they're saying neither one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So what I would suggest is to go, not to go all natural because sometimes mm-hmm. we do need antibiotics to heal. Mm-hmm. But when it's not necessary, find something natural. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that's why I like Nurture Roots. I can't wait for it to, to launch and for folks to hear about it because that is exactly what we need in our community. Um, mm-hmm. When we talk about support and having someone there, even if they're not physically next to you, but just knowing that there's a resource that you can tap into, I think mm. our sisters would really, really appreciate that. And I think you made a good point too around how some of the knowledge is passed down generationally, but because we're not close to home, we may not be privy to it the way sisters back home would be. Yes. And sometimes, you know, it's keeping within a household, mm-hmm. which is, I find is not fair to some people because a few years back, I didn't know about like all of these herbs, like the sep. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know sep. Uh, yeah, I've heard of it recently. Someone told me to try it for my back, yeah. back pain. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah. I, I had like no idea. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we just don't know about mm-hmm. and they have nutritional values. But I think I think part of that, I'm going to challenge it a little bit. I think part of it is that in our culture, we're told to do things, but we're not told why. Um. And sometimes you can piece two and two together, but a lot of the times it's like, oh, you should eat rui. Like, so just rui, do it. Yeah, just do it. And and then, I don't know, for me, I like to know why. Um, and I think a lot of people are, are similar in that in that way, that they just want to know why. I think about like a kid who's two and you tell them to do something and they're like, why, why, why? And <laughs> it's an inquisitive part of who we are. So I think the yeah. more we can, um, and I think too, from a health, health standpoint, the more we can put the why behind certain things it can help people orient to the best solution faster oh, so yeah. that they don't have to go through trial and error oh yes yeah. and that's something that i would like to share with people mm-hmm. because um we need to go back to our roots yeah absolutely we need to go back to our roots we need to go back to um our holistic care like how we used to do mm-hmm. you know like i said when i gave birth um, i was all alone but then um i had no one to tell me about like you know binding your belly or mm-hmm. stuff like that you know nowadays you can find it on the internet but back in mm-hmm. the days you wouldn't, yeah. you, you wouldn't be able to find it so mm-hmm. i'm happy that now um our people are getting out and talking which is good for our community yeah absolutely
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. Um, I'm excited for it to come out. I'll be sure to share with my listeners as well. And I'll be happy to have you back once you do launch it um, so you can tell folks how they can get in contact with you and just really get into that community. Because I think more than anything, that's what we need today. Definitely it is. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you, Hawa, for taking the time to talk to us. Um, We really appreciate it. And with that, we'll give you a rendezvous for the next episode. Thank you, Aisato. Thank you.